What is up, everybody? We are here for another episode of Cats Talk Wednesday. Terry TB, same old UK Brown, Vinny Hardy. Another Wednesday evening progressing towards fall. How's everything with you, TB? I'm doing good. How you doing, Vinny? Can't complain, man. Can't complain. We got tons to talk about, as always. Uh, brought to y'all by the Anchor app. BSQ Radio Network, where we are the reigning award winners for the most consistent podcast. Giving out at the BS3 Awards the other day. Uh, play action pools. Picks there. Christian McCullum was on the show a few weeks ago. Any kind of contest you like. Football is in full swing. And also uh, basketball upcoming, golf upcoming. They're going to have it all there. And lots of rain watches. Go to lotsofrain.com and use the promo to- code CATS TALK. Get 10% off your purchase. Appreciate everybody being part of the podcast. We got friends of the show all over the place this evening, TV. And we're going to have one right here in just a second. Been with us several times before. Michael Tillery, give us some of that Philly vibe. We talked a lot of Ben Simmons last week. And he is right up there, up in it. Michael Tillery, about to send him the link to connect here in a minute. And then our buddies, the KY Sports guys, will be on in the second hour. So, friends of the show from all kinds of episodes in the past coming on this evening. Yeah, jam-packed show, ready to get into it. There's a lot of stuff uh, going on, a lot of, lot of overlap. Uh, NBA guys like ourselves, uh, I just saw this on Twitter Uh Basically, in the last 12 months, we've basically covered three seasons. Because the Lakers won the championship, but then we just had this completed season, and now we're back at at training camp. So, things are still out of whack, but uh, again, a lot of stuff to talk about. That's it. We got Cats and Gators. We will definitely get to that. Kentucky's 4-0, like they hoped they would be after the first third of the season. The season's already a third of the way over. Now you hit the gauntlet portion. Florida, LSU, Georgia wanted to handle business and, and take care of Missouri and South Carolina and Tattanooga and ULM and they did that and now they have a chance to to go in and, and take a shot at the Gators, a team that's ahead of them still in the SEC but Kentucky's looking to make moves and climb and get an opportunity with that Mullen and company coming in. Yeah, this is a big time. And again, poor Mark Stoops. It's like every game is an indictment on his career. <laughs> and sometimes a game is just a game. Now, for this season, I think you can say this is a big time, you know, game determining things. But let, let, let's pump the brakes a little bit on all this absolutism. Absolutely. Oh, we have our first guest with us right now. Been a minute since we had him on. That's our bad, but we are happy to have him on right now. He is a senior writer for Sports Kita. In the past, he's written for The Nation, The New York Times, Sacramento Magazine, Slam Online, The Shadow League, Bleacher Report, and The Undefeated. And now, after all of that, our time is up. So, Mike, we appreciate you being on, man. I'm talking about Mike. Up, <laughs> hey, how y'all doing, man? I ain't heard y'all a long time. <laughs> Definitely glad to have you back on. Right? 
I'm out of breath reading all your accomplishments, man. Everything you've done, everywhere you've written, I'm got to get my second win back to start talking after all that. An <laughs> <laughs> uh, Indian website is really trying to, you know, throw themselves into basketball. They really do uh, like cricket and soccer, MMA stuff like that. So they brought me on and kind of be their American eyes. I saw you got a, a article for about our guy. Uh, quick, manual quickly on there. So I'm gonna try to find that and, and put that out on our social media. Uh, okay. Former cat for the Knicks, you wrote a piece about him. Uh, and look, man, you you've been there and done that as far as Philly and, and for years and all the interviews and press conferences, interviewing Doc and talking to AI and everybody. Have you seen anything like what's going on right now with with Ben Simmons? And, Everything that's that's developed since the season ended. It's it's wild because you know Ben is what twenty five. Um, my sons are twenty seven and thirty. You know, so you kind of look at him differently. And his demeanor, as I've covered him since since he's been a rookie, I never saw this coming. Like it 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 has dumbfounded me. I have always been a supporter of Ben Simmons. Um, I actually wrote an article early on that I thought him and MB were both average a triple double in the season. You know, that's how talented they are. You know, it's really a shame uh, what has transpired here in Philadelphia. And just the the reluctance to shoot. I mean, when when he was point blank and passed out, you know, the dunk was that the tipping point? Was that when? I mean, the whole city was was irate in that series and after that play was that like the crescendo when it was like okay this is this is not gonna work or, or was it something before that or what, what happened what do you think it was there were always like rumblings but it was mostly about his foul shooting you know and it was it was never really a, a tumultuous as it has become um during any game during the regular season unlike it was in that last game seven. You know, the Sixers fans has been, have been <laughs> kind of tortured over the years, especially with this this new team here, uh, where they haven't been able to get out of the second round despite, you know, some 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 talented teams. That team they had with Jimmy Butler, you know, lost to Kawhi, you know. Um, you know, on, on that last second shot, you know, these, these things are just so dubious, but they're common to... Philadelphia. They obviously feel all the talk show radio and, and every writer that it writes uh, anything in this city. Everybody's talking about Ben Simmons. I think probably Ben Simmons is probably the top name in sports right now that's been mentioned until Kyrie came along. And top three in TB because we talked about it a little bit this last week and well, I definitely want to have Michael on today. But uh, jump in anytime, man. Well, talking about Philadelphia, Mike, I, I listened to Bomani Jones' podcast earlier today talking about how Philadelphia, it, it doesn't seem to ever end great for a lot of the Sixers superstars. You know, AI kind of left not great. Charles Barkley left not great. You kind of have just really Dr. J that kind of got that, you know, storybook ending, if you will. Is it because Philadelphia is a tougher place to play? Is it that the front office, you know, and I know they changed front offices, kind of what is it that's kind of made 
where they have these good runs, can't quick quite get over the hump, and then they have like a superstar that that is ready to ready to leave. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you guys something right now. The next superstar that comes here in Philadelphia kind of look forward two to three more years. You will see sort of the same thing that is happening right now. This is just Philadelphia is how it operates. Their front offices, I think, rely on the fans to let their names ring out. They don't have to pay the players. They don't have to talk to the players. They don't have to uh, uh, really do anything that they're challenged to do uh, because the narrative gets so uh, convoluted with the fans and media. Like, I I just was watching... Uh, I told everybody at that Joel Embiid's words, him saying pointed, would be taken out of context. Now, he actually said in the press conference, please do not take these words out of context. Make sure you add in the entire quote a major outlet I ain't gonna say their name cut it off at I'm disappointed so everyone who did not see media day has a disparaging opinion on what Ben has said I mean what Joel has said about Ben now here's another thing this really needs to be said I am entrenched here in Philadelphia I hear specifically about the players on the Sixers more than any other sport so when I hear stuff everywhere else I'm like huh where did that information come from like today there was a report that Ben said that he didn't want to play with Joel and B that didn't what happens is when stuff like that is being reported, then all the and all these other outlets pick up on that news, and then the fans of those sites sites begin to talk about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. It, this it is, is a hard. I'm sorry. Go this, ahead. This is a hard thing for me to do here. This is a hard thing for me to do as a writer. I'm trying to get the truth out of professional athletics. Not the entertainment value that has become the norm of sports. I am at, uh, this is a paradox for me, and I am at a fork in a road. I have to make a decision. Do you want to cover sports as it is and looks you know, away when the truth doesn't happen, or do I want to continue to write sports as athletics? And and what you're saying really piggyback on because Vinny and I talked about this, I guess, over the summer. When you look at Allen Iverson's famous practice rant, number one, it wasn't a rant, and number two, he talked for what. 20 minutes or so and all we got out of it was practice and it totally missed the point of what he was trying to say it totally got got skewed uh exactly the way you're talking about it still happens for these folks particularly in philadelphia 
it, it's, it's hard for me to be in this town. It's hard for me to be in this town as a fan, you know, as an athlete, and especially as a writer. The thing about Iverson was about his best friend that had just been killed. You know, so, yeah. you know, it, it was it was interesting that that happened. A good friend of mine, Ashley Fox, was actually the writer who acts, who said to him, um, asked him about making his teammates better at practice at the end. You know, Alan Iverson was so messed up that he spoke to her in, in that way because it really wasn't her first. He was asking a question that he followed her to her car and scaled like this 30 foot fence. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. And, you know, Ashley's just such a, a great person that, you know, she wasn't meaning to be um, controversial at all. You know, she's just asking a, an obvious question, but because. Press conference itself got so volatile. It began with a, a writer named Phil Jasner, who's a legend here in Philadelphia. And he's recently passed, you know, God rest his soul. Um, he's the one who put me under his wing the day I walked in to interview CP3 back in 2007. So this town has its benefits, it has its gifts, but there's a big curse here. TB mentioned the, the the front office changes and and all the, the transitions and the ebbs and flows of that. Currently, you have Doc Rivers, you have Dale Morey, you have Elton Brand, who is the GM. Morey, president of basketball ops, was a GM. Doc has been a coach and a GM. Is it? Is it too many chefs in the kitchen right now, or is no You know, it, I have always been one to say, and I'm still standing on us that I think that Ben Simmons will play here. Um, you know, but yes, there is a lot going on. Being that every man, as you said, is versed in his position. So when, when you're versed in your position like that, your acumen is going to basically say that you're not going to tell the public what is going on because, you know, it's the public relations part of the job. You know, in Philadelphia, with all the talk radio and, you know, just the newspapers, you know, trying to stir the pot. Uh, and after after Joel said disappointed, you know, the writer who asked that question kept con- was continuing to try to get the controversy out of it. I am of the thought that, you know, uh, Ben Simmons was going through something. Uh, his stats seemed to drop off a cliff after April 21st. Uh, there was a report here that his his sister was molested by his right-hand man, um, his manager. Um, you know, I think that litigation is finished and uh, she was found to have lied, you know. So this is a lot here. This is a 25-year-old kid who, with the threat of that, which obviously he probably knew before it hit the public. You know, uh, there's so much going on here. I wrote a piece early on called Is There Something Deeper Going On With Ben Simmons? You know, I was the only writer in Philadelphia who who attached that part about his sister in something that I wrote. I was the only writer. That's crazy. So, Philadelphia and most other towns and big markets fail to see the human side of athletes. Like, they, they really don't even care about it. You know? And as a result, 
a lot is going to get uh, cast aside, missed, misinterpreted, and the like. Because just like you said, the front office knows the fans are always going to come out against the players. You can always tilt the public opinion against the players if you're the front office people, right? Because you can always say, you can always go down that these guys are ungrateful millionaires, right? And and the average fan is not going to say, well, the owner of the team is a billionaire. So what, you know, they never make that connection. <laughs> right. So you can say this player is a problem or whatever, because fans are not going to see it that way. They don't see these guys as being human. You know, whatever's going on, people don't understand, even at the college level with us and the teams we cover, they don't understand, like, they're still human. They're 6'10", 6'11", they can run, jump, and do all this, but they're still people, and the front offices, they know fans aren't going to buy that. You know, one of the best things that I've ever done in my life, to be honest, was to write for Sports Kita. Only because it's in India. There's a different perception. It's crazy how these these guys in India are covering the NBA as if they're right here with us. So with that, you know, and, and trying to get it right as an outlet, you know, they basically give us an edict saying that make sure about an athlete, you aren't judging him. Make sure you are saying things about him that are, are, are objective, but are less than snark. You know, the snark that goes on here, as you just alluded to, talking about players, we aren't seeing a humanity in them at all. Sportskita is trying to change that. This is a whole part of the world. As the NBA, as NBA basketball expands across the globe, you're going to see a different tenor in the writing because we are the only country who does this. And as small as we are in a landmass comparative to the rest of the world, um, that's something that is will be very plot problematic for the sports leagues moving forward if it does not change. There's a reason why Kwame Brown was so important in a figure in the last year or so because he's addressed this and addressed specific people and how they speak about him or any other athlete in their career. And uh, to, 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 to bounce back off that, is it fair to say Ben Simmons didn't shoot in that moment? Yeah, that's fair. That's, a, that's something we can discuss. But the issue I have, and a lot, I think a lot of people have that are like-minded is that doesn't mean he's any less of a person. Like, it's not a moral failing that he didn't shoot. There's a basketball thing going there. If I hope I'm making a little bit of sense here. Is that, sure. you know, with a team wins, we feel like, oh, because they were morally superior. Well, no. I mean, if you got Michael Jordan, <laughs> you're probably going to win, right? Like, sometimes you just have better dudes. Like, it's not right or wrong or, you know, this team just wanted it more. Well, both teams in the finals want to win the game. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, who we, we ascribe these personal biases to, to things that sometimes, you know, you hit a shot, sometimes you miss a shot. Some, it'd be like that sometimes, you know. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this. So, 
with Ben Simmons and the appearance in the presence of these workout videos. In these workout videos, do you see a hitch in his shot? Do you see any type of hesitance? Or do you see a player that is fully activated and utilizing uh, the the full extension of his talents. And so I, I, I look at that and, and me being a writer who really tries to get to the, the bottom of the story and try to find the positives of it. This doesn't seem right to me. I've covered sports for 20 years. There are two instances that stand out. 2011 finals, Dallas versus Miami, the fourth quarters. LeBron James same thing was happening he was driving to the basket having open dunks and would pass out to the three point line with both instances is this when you have the entire world telling you to do something and you still don't do it despite all of the over the top criticism what is really going on is it that you are shook in the moment or is it something more insidious? Interesting. It is. And from and to and delving deeper into it, like, you know, everybody should. On the surface, we remember him remember being at LSU and you know, gonna be the consensus number one pick. We were like, man, he ain't even lead his team to the tournament. Let's see what he does in Philly. But like you, we we didn't see this coming, and and even at twenty five, if if all the peripheral things that have happened, that's that's definitely a lot to handle, and can definitely have played a role. You mentioned the stats plummeting, and yeah, that's that's a lot on on the plate. My opinion of all this is this is a clutch sports versus the NBA thing, uh-huh. and Ben Simmons is just the golden goose pawn. He's a supermodel, if you will, on all this. The porn star. You know, he is deflecting all of the attention away from the team, the league, and also clutch sports. Why is that happening? You know, um, why is every story that comes out about Ben Simmons a negative one to kind of reinforce uh, painting him as this super villain, you know, in the, the NBA? You know, he's from Australia. He's 25 years old. His dad played all over the world. So he's a globalist. Um, he has a different type of perception about life and sports being that he's been all over the world at 25. Uh, you know, he he's in L.A. a lot. Um, you know, he has been showing um, him relaxing in L.A. I truly feel that Ben Simmons is trolling everyone. And I don't know for sure if it's clutch sports uh, that has has the puppet strings or not. But this is much deeper than has that it has been portrayed. And as you know, we have been in the media for a long time. The three of us, we we've, we know how narratives go. Oh, yeah. uh, we know we know how sometimes things are spoken about uh, that aren't the reality of the situation and it just gets painted as 
a certain narratives and that narratives becomes becomes history you know I'm, I'm i'm afraid that this is what's going to be the case here and we'll never get to the bottom of what's going on with ben simmons the one thing about narratives is once it's out there like it's it's out there and and you really can't go out and and change that because you know people will talk about a player or a team and then you go back and look and you're like well this player was better than we thought and it's just because and uh i tell you who comes to mind with that is isaiah thomas you know we have let because michael jordan didn't like him like we don't remember just how good Isaiah Thomas and right. those Detroit Pistons mm-hmm. uh, were until they got their own documentary, and then you're like, "Well, man, you know they beat Bird Celtics, they beat Jordan's Bulls, they beat Magic's Lakers. That's a pretty good run." Like, you know, when you go back and you look at the numbers, it's like, "Oh my goodness!" And as Vinny will remind you, as a Laker hater, they probably should have won in '89, but the but the Pistons 88. beat '88, '88. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, '88. Yeah, mm-hmm. and with the, yeah. So you know, once it's out there, and of course Isaiah didn't help himself with his post-playing career, but as a player, Zeke is that dude. But we don't think about it, you know. Well, if you remember, you know, Larry Bird, you know, that became the death knell for him in terms of uh, his 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 relationship with the media. You know, speaking about narratives, like you're hearing all these people saying that LeBron James cannot play NFL football. Um, you know, I interviewed LeBron about that in, back in 2010, I think it was. And he spoke about that he always wanted to be the player make it making a play down the field because I was challenging him, you know, if if small forwards and power forwards begin to play quarterback in the NFL, it's a wrap. You know, so when, when I hear, you know, people in the last couple of days saying that, you know, LeBron would be soft. You know, he wouldn't be able to play in NBA. They aren't thinking about an 18 or 20-year-old LeBron James. You know, they're, they're thinking about the guy now. And, and that's what happens when you are uh, transfixed on a 24-hour news cycle. And it's something that we obviously have to pay attention to if you want to talk sports. You know, but because of the 24-hour news cycle, a story goes and it leaves the next day and memories of fans and even the media members are are, are less than uh, effective. You know, they're, they're less than accurate. They don't remember, you know. My father used to put the bird seed on the windowsill and he had me count and also tell me what bird flew at this certain time to the windowsill. And I had to remember it all. It was one of the best things that he did for me because it made my memory what it is today. And I've trained myself to even try to remember the memory before the memory. It's something that I have to do in sports because of the 24-hour news cycle. Well, because everything just comes and fades so quickly. Yeah. You know. We talked about your piece on Sports Keto about one former cat, Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, another former cat is right there. Tyrese Maxey, what were your thoughts on him last year and, and your thoughts on him going forward as a sixer? Well, I, 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 I don't like to say this because some people might see it as 
uh, hyperbolic, you know, I see Andrew Tony and Tyrese Maxey. You all know how gifted a player he is. You saw him up close. Everything that you saw, we, we begin, we're beginning to see. And as you saw in that Atlanta series, uh, Doc Rivers understands that if he needs instant offense, all he has to do is to to put Tyrese in the game. And, and you will see a different type of athleticism. He has a different gear, as you all know. And, you know, his jumper is sneaky good. You know, his ability to drive to the basket and, and either kick to his teammates or, or get straight to the cup. And he's athletic enough to dunk the ball. He's going to have a very good career. And it's, it's a shame to say it, but if, if Ben Simmons does not play here, then Tyrese Maxey will have an expanded role uh, this season. And you begin to see uh, the type of potential that you, you guys already know about. We said last week, TB, we said if, if Ben moves on, because Tyrese was, was making his mark in the playoffs last year a little bit. Well, but, re- remember Tyrese Maxey, his first game in Kentucky was the Champions Classic, and he he took over. Hmm. So when he did that against Atlanta, I said, oh, we've seen this. Yeah. Like the moment isn't too big for him. Like he's like, not. he's like, oh, this is the spotlight. And he just he just does it now. Will he miss a shot? But he's not scared to to make a play. And I think a lot of young kids, especially, uh, get in those moments. And you don't want to mess up, so then you don't do anything. But he's just like, look, worst thing can do, I can miss, <laughs> you know. But I'm gonna get yep. these shots up. Yep. First game against Michigan State, he yep. came out blazing. Sure yeah, that 32 foot shot. And we were like, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. I mean, he's really, really talented, and it, with his personality, you don't see that. It doesn't jump off the page when you look at him. Now, um, everybody's comparing him to like Terrence Mann uh, because of the way he, he favors him. Um, you know, he's obviously a very different player uh, than Mann. But Tyrese Maxey, man, I just love watching him. You know, and hearing him speak, you hear the confidence spew out of him that is exhibited on the floor. As you said, he is not afraid of any moment, you know, and, and we're grateful to have him here. You know, I mean, he, 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 the, the Philadelphia is a weird thing because there's always these guys that lie in wait as the drama continues and becomes this soap opera and talk, so, uh, talk radio kind of takes over here in the city. But And all of the other players are almost forgotten. Like, if, if, if Joel and B didn't talk, people wouldn't even say his name here. And that's crazy. That's that's just that's just crazy. But because Ben Simmons is just dominating the news, his is the name. And if people don't understand how good a player Tyrese Maxey is, you're about to see it. I think you're going to see it regardless if Ben plays. Because I think the team really liked this, what they saw in the playoffs when they just basically get, gave him the ball. They, they weren't running any plays for him. It was it was all off ISO, yeah. and and that's how that Kentucky team he was on with Emmanuel quickly, it clicked for those guys. Mm-hmm. And Tyrese Maxey, all he needs to do is get that shoulder ahead on the drive. That was his that was his bread and butter, and that's what he did a couple of times for Philadelphia. So, you know, I, I think he's ready. Ben, no Ben, Embiid, no Embiid. I think Philly's got themselves a good one. But let me just say, I'm biased. I'm a, I'm pro Maxi. I'm a little biased, but but I think y'all got a good one there in Philly. 
That's right. Yeah, I mean, you are saying a thing that's uh, that's that's not objective. You know, um, it, it would have been great to see the development of, of Tyreek Maxey with a wonderkin uh, point guard like Ben Simmons. You know, the way he runs the floor in transition, I think Maxey would have capitalized on that and maybe got six easy points in a game off transition and we're running with Ben. You know, it would have been good to see them paired together because they would have been match up hell uh, for the opposition. That's true. That is true. Now, I know you, you're entrenched in Philly and definitely covering the Sixers, but I'm going to flip to the Eagles real quick for just a minute. And everybody knows I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan, so can't stand the Eagles. No disrespect. But I saw you either put out a tweet or your Facebook post and I literally, as bad as I hate the Eagles, I was about to tweet this out watching the game until Diggs got the pick six. And then I just kind of forgot what I was about to tweet. But I was literally going to tweet when Hurts missed Dallas Goddard and Greasy kind of went in about you know, how inaccurate the pass was. I was going to tweet, did, did I miss Goddard? getting both of his hands on the ball and it didn't hit him right in the numbers but I thought he outstretched his hands extended his arms got both hands on the pass and just wasn't able to bring it in and then I saw you tweet on Facebook how you know you don't act like you're the man's daddy and and just fuss at him like that so me being the Cowboys fan that I am I was still like dude didn't I think I think he got his hands on it like I said, the pick six happened, and I was like, well, it ain't my problem. You know, let's beat the Eagles, and I, I forgot about that tweet. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Well. That was kind of going to tweet, man. Well, I mean, it, it, it is my job. It is my job to the day I die to say what is exactly on my mind when it comes to sports journalism. I will not be one of these writers who are afraid of the bottom line. As you see, I'm moving around. You know, I, I don't sign contracts as other people have. You know, I, I have signed a short contract with Sports Kita because it's, it's advantageous for me. But looking at that game, if, even the pick six that you were talking about, um, uh, Devontae Smith slipped. You know, if he wouldn't have slipped, it, it would have been a catch or an incompletion. Uh, the play with Dallas Goddard, if you remember, you know, the, the office of line was being pushed back into Hertz and the defensive linemen, as they always do, had their hands lifted. It's the reason why the pass was a little off target. It was a little high. Uh, it, it, Brian, Brian Greasy being a quarterback uh, was very irresponsible in his analysis but as i have noticed uh with that station you know they, they did the same thing uh with, with jason witten uh who was a was hypercritical of of uh, cam newton who had uh a shoulder that would not allow him to throw the ball down the field as uh an announcer as a pundit jason witten knew that information yet he still was critical in the extreme uh, of Cam Newton. Uh, and, and this is not to say that Cam wasn't playing like great the whole time, but every time he got a chance, he jumped on him. You can hear it in their voice inflection. 
that's what that's what cast the red flags for me when I hear an announcer go real hard I don't know if it's a producer in their ear or it is their personal sentiment about uh, it, it just so happened that both quarterbacks were black in that game uh, uh, Jalen Hurts uh, people are still not convinced that he's an NFL quarterback really you know so as I've written over these last 15, 20 years, when I see a black quarterback in the NFL, of course you're going to be objective and critical when you need to be. But I'm going to be the writer who writes what they can do, not what they can't do. This is really embarrassing. You know, people aren't looking at the team. They are looking at the organization. They're looking at the the actual situation on the field. It's like the first thing that comes out of their mouth is a criticism. And I, 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 it, that's really not your job. Your job is to speak about what happened on the field, and that's it. If you listen, if people told me that they listened to Peyton Manning and uh, Eli at the same time, you know, I didn't know that they were doing the game. I would have listened to them. And all of the plays that we're talking about right here, they had the opposite opinion that was true than the Lewis Riddick and uh, uh, Greasy on, on the teleclass. You know, I was, I was really disappointed in, in Lewis Riddick in particular, you know, because even after the, the pick six, you know, he was critical of Jalen Hurts. But then later on, he says, well, yeah, the, the receiver did fall. But. Jason Jalen Hurts needs to put the ball on him. You know, the pick six happened because of the slip, and he knows that, especially as a defender. Right. Uh, exactly. So, um, and I had watched Peyton and Eli the past two weeks, but I flipped it back to just a regular broadcast because when it's my team playing, I was like, I, I don't really want to. I'm not trying to <laughs> laugh at Peyton and Eli right this week. <laughs> I'll get back, you know, when it's, when the Cowboys ain't playing, I can watch y'all talk to LeBron and Gronk and hee-hee-ha-ha and what, catch the comedy and the analysis. But I flipped away from a Monday because I was just trying to, you know, see what the boys were doing. But, yeah, when I meant to tweet it, like I said, I forgot. But then I saw you put the same thing. I said, well, I got to ask Mike about this when we have more because I was like, I, as a Cowboys fan, biased as I was, I'm like, Ooh, I mean, come on, man. He, you know, he could have could have caught it. It'd been a tough catch. But it wasn't like he threw it in the bleachers. He didn't miss it that bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I I have not watched that network outside of uh, you know, games in a long time. Uh, people have to remember that it is uh entertainment sports network right in the call letters, you know. So yeah. You know, people should say that it's not Sports Entertainment Network. It is Entertainment Sports Network. That is purposeful. And in the way that, uh, you know, ESPN is set up. And it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real shame because you would think that, you know, with someone having so much power in sports that they would uh, do it right and get it right and get more aim to be goal going towards the evil and you know speaking about athletes in such a disparaging way even after you know the top dude at ESPN Steve A. Smith has been criticized for 
the stuff he did with, with Kwame Brown, and they, they still are into this 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 thing where you know they have to go overboard. Now, now we can have all kinds of opinions as to why you know ESPN is critical about black quarterbacks in particular. I, I really do think if they would have covered Cam Newton the right way, he might still be in the league. But because of the perception of him, and as Terry was saying, the narrative, once it's uh, spoken, it's really hard to dispel. You yeah. know, so um, I don't I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't I don't I don't watch the network. It's, it's so demeaning and it's embarrassing that they're doing such this and especially being uh, professional men. Yeah. One quick thing, man. I got to switch to music before before we let you go, Mike. Uh, Songs in the Key of Life album by Stevie Wonder turned 45 years old yesterday. How did the album impact you? And what were you guys' favorite songs? If you got to pick, if you can pick one, what, what's your um, favorite song? You know, it's, it's, Stevie is is interesting because you know when we were little, you remember seeing the, the thirteen year old Stevie with the harmonica, you know the black and white video, you know that's that's what we saw, you know uh, early on, and then all of these wonderful, talented albums, you know came out like one after another, you know he was so prolific, you know in his writing and um. You know, Stevie Wonder is, is is such a genius that, you know, uh, like the things we were speaking about earlier, you forget about some people. I mean, Stevie could be the GOAT. Like, I, I don't see how he's not the GOAT at this point. Even with Michael and Prince and, and Elvis and whoever else was in the game, you know, Stevie has been just so influential in his words because the songs hit you like they you sing them when you're not listening oh lost Mike let's see if we can get him back but uh do you have a favorite song uh, TB uh off of that album for me it's as mm. and mm. I agree with what Michael was saying that when you talk about American songwriters. Now, I don't know what other people have done in other languages and other places, but American songwriters, you got to find me. I'm going to say Stevie Wonder is the best, and you got to find me somebody else. And uh, Bomani Jones and Spencer Hall over the summer talked about Stevie Wonder, and a lot of those hits that Motown folks had, Stevie wrote, composed, and uh, he gave uh, Smokey Robinson uh, Tears of a Clown. Yeah. So, Unbelievable. So for me, if you are going to say who is the best, the dude that gives away Tears of a Clown, like, yeah, you can have it. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and so when you get to songs in the key of life, Sir Duke, I wish knocks me off my feet. Have a little talk with God. And and like I said, and you got as right there. Come on. Love's in need of love today. Uh. <laughs> and you know, the one thing that we kind of miss out on the streaming where you could go get a song here, you could go get a song there. 
albums used to be something where they would have a cohesive theme. And I don't know what happened, guys. Oh, not a problem. I'm just talking about Stevie on and and as and and being a, a fantastic songwriter. Yeah. Yeah, where 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 did you guys hear last? I don't know. I was in there talking and it was nothing. <laughs> uh, um, how prolific he was and Yeah. And, yeah, as I wish, you know, it, it, those are the ones for me. But that, you know, as, as we we're growing up, you know, just just seeing it, how prolific Stevie was and you know, obviously with the the, the vision impairment and you know, that he was just so talented of a uh, uh, on the keys, you know, I, a couple of days ago about how Pete Rock yeah, pays attention to the piano keys. Those, those piano keys um, that I that I loved growing up came from Herbie Hancock and uh, Stevie Wonder, and also in the xylophone with Roy Ayers. You know, yeah. type of thing when it came to music. You know, I've always wanted to be a songwriter. You know, obviously, sports. Um, because I don't think I'm that good of a songwriter, <laughs> but um, um, you know, music is it, music is for life, and you know that we had such a talent, you know, in Stevie Wonder, you know, as we're alive on this earth, um, it, it's something we're grateful for. Absolutely, and All Day Sucker is low key underrated for me. Oh yeah, it is. Yep. Oh, you know, just. And to be the range to go from as 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 delicate and blissful as summer soft to just gritty funk all day sucker to just the confident play as funky as you can slim before the song even starts because mm-hmm. you know it's about slim. That's look, he's telling slim it's 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 about to be some heat slim. Just do the best you can. <laughs> Try to keep up. That's what, that's how I interpret that. You know, play as fun as you can, because here we go. But just the the range of, you know, uh, contusion, just the instrumental, just the guitar licks, man, just the whole thing, man, just unbelievable. And we look, we ain't talking about nothing we all don't know, but it's it's still cool just to reflect every now and then. Absolutely, Mike, man, we can't thank you enough for, for taking time out of your evening to to hop on here and. and Absolutely. Just uh, enlighten us on the Ben Simmons because you were right there in it. And then you trying to not have just the lazy takes and incorporate the human side of things and cover all the bases. Uh, Sports Keto made a great move by picking you up just like everybody else has, man. We can't thank you enough. Uh oh. Did you lose Mike again? Still there, Mike? We might have lost him again, but yeah, thank you. Definitely glad he was able to to hop on and, and talk about. You know, Philadelphia is a tough place, man. Yeah. And, and uh, I think that the front offices can, uh, like I said earlier, can play into that. Uh, mm-hmm. The front, the front office part of it to be a good GM, you've got to find good players, right? But you got to find players that will work together, not players that will be friends, but you have to have players that will complement each other, you know, and that's part of it. So uh, for for me, uh, the Philadelphia the front office, they, they, they know 
I mean, their whole thing with trust the process was we're going to lose as many games as we can, but trust us. <laughs> yeah. Hang with us for six years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Man, appreciate Mike for he brings it every single time. Been a minute since we had him on, but uh, always a fun conversation for sure. So y'all check him out at Sports Keter. I tweeted out his article about Emmanuel quickly on Cats Talk Wednesday Twitter account. So y'all check it out. Um, you'll be uh, glad you did BBN. And he mentioned he's not good enough to be a songwriter, but man, when you read his stuff, just just the eloquence of the way he writes. It just just flows. Like, I wish I could write like that. Every now and then I have one little paragraph I'm proud of. Like, ooh. But everything Michael writes is like that. Just eloquent, man. It's just got a little something, something to it when he writes it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, when a good writer, no matter what it is, writing about sports, music, art, uh, you know, even politics, a good writer will give you that moment like, oh, that was a pretty good turn of phrase. It's like when you yeah. watching basketball and you see somebody with a crossover, like, oh, okay, all right, that, you know, you know, <laughs> um, right, right. But by the same token, you don't do the crossover over and over again, right? Uh-huh. You, 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 you save that, like, okay. So uh, definitely uh, fantastic to to uh, to have him on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and in a few minutes, when KY Sports guys finish up with their show, they'll hop on too, and we'll chop it up with them as well. Oh, but yeah, definitely had to hit that song in the key of life. I listened to the podcast with uh, your guy Gary Parrish and, and Matt Norlander, and the one from last week where they left, you know, John Wall and, and AD off the most popular list, and Norlander put out his favorite songs in the Kia Life songs and he ranked them and he didn't have all day sucker on it so I, I had to like jump in and tweet him about that and then tie in the fact that he left AD and John Wall off so I kind of double back the last week and, and hit him with all of it but. yeah it, it look look Stevie just when, it's one of those things uh, this is what happened the prolific stars particularly the black stars of rock and roll of the 50s and the 60s and the 70s kind of got overlooked by a lot you know I'm not the biggest Beatles fan and when you talk to Beatles fans they talk about you know their songs and blah 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 but they'll be the first people to tell you Paul McCartney will what, what like Chuck Berry meant to them Right, yeah. Like what Little Richard meant to them. The Rolling Stones will go through talk about the Osley Brothers' influence. So, uh, for me, it's not necessarily a black or a white thing. It's like I'd rather listen to the original than listen to the dudes inspired by the original. <laughs> and yeah, you know, uh, give me that. So, but I think what happened was. Stevie Wonder and you can say James Brown and Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin in the 50s, 60s, 70s they didn't make the money they should have made. They didn't make that money, right? So the 80s rolls around and those those folks 
as their songs became popular, because you know when we were growing up in the '80s, everybody started looking back in the '60s and quote unquote discovering these folks, <laughs> right? So to capitalize on that, that's when you get Aretha on "Freeway of Love" and "My Pink Cadillac," <laughs> which is an objectively terrible song, uh-huh. and people are like, "Oh, she's mailing it in." No, she's trying to capitalize. Yeah, right. And you see Ray Charles. You got the right one, baby. He's trying to get paid yeah. for what he didn't get. And even though I love James Brown's "Living in America," that ain't James, that's that I like that song, but that ain't James Brown at his best. Still, the most sampled man in rap music, right? And then Stevie Wonder, who had a tremendous output in the '60s and '70s. Right, like you can go back to when he was little Stevie, and he was blowing the harmonica. And once they started letting him write his own songs, like I talked about, he was giving away to other Motown people. <laughs> Here you go, Smokey. <laughs> Crazy. Like with with Stevie, it's not about what he's saying; it's about what he wrote. And you look at the songs that he wrote, and you're like, oh, oh, okay. So he comes along, and look. I'm not going to try to, as people say, I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum. But if you tell me that your favorite Stevie Wonder song is I Just Called to Say I Love You. <laughs> exactly. I'm looking at you with the side eye. Uh-huh. Like, for me, that's just Stevie like, let me get this check. And I'm not judging. <laughs> yep. But if he didn't make his money off as, he going to just, he can roll out of bed and do I Just Called to Say I Love You. Oh, man. But keep in mind, this was after he gave us the new Happy Birthday song. Yup. For MLK. Uh-huh. He, like, he just like, I mean, before, you know, he's like, I'm just going to redo the Happy Birthday song. Uh-huh. Again, depending on where you are and what version you're going to hear on somebody's birthday. Yup. But, you know, so, so Stevie, I mean, like I said, as that is, that is my song. Stevie does a better job of explaining love than I would say even some of the best writers in American history, some of the best poets, I, and and stuff like again. Look at the lyrics to "As I'ma Love You Until Eight Times Eight Times Eight Is Four. Mm-hmm. I'ma love you to the day that the day is no more. Like, woo! Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> until yep. the dolphins are in the sky and the parents live in sea. Like, I mean, that's a that's a love right there. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been in love, you're like, man, I, I can't put no words to it. You're like, that's kind of it though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't tell you, you know, because uh, because Kate and I, we've been going through uh, you know, first dance songs, we got our playlist together and all that kind of stuff. I mean, as is getting played. Okay, I'm just gonna put that out there. As is, is getting played, uh, so give Stevie his props. Uh, you know, because people are like, well, you know, it's been a while since he had a hit. Like, dude gave us songs in the key of life and could have called it quits. Yeah. Off just that album, he could have been great. But he did yeah. stuff before and after. You, when you can do a tour and just base it around an album and. You know, forty years after he came out, and you just go and perform that album. He came to, he came to Knoxville. I think it was twenty fifteen, because I tweeted out the ticket stub when I saw Norlander's list, and he performed the album. 
and yes. you knew what song was coming because you know you got the album memorized. I, I yeah. go in, in mom and dad's room or in the living room and play the records, lay on the floor, get the old school headphones out that you plug into the stereo and put the <laughs> record on. With and the big jack, yeah. I knew all the songs, and Stevie came out and he performed the concert with songs in the key of life. You can do a tour off of your album that tells you the status of your album. Well, and, and, and people do the things uh, where they say, you know, this album's got no skips. I mean, that's rarefied air. Mm-hmm. I'm a Michael Jackson fan, but there's a song, maybe it's number six. I can't remember. It's the on Thriller. It's the song after Thriller. I always skip to get to PYT. <laughs> like there's like I'm like all right, skip, okay. And that's only nine songs, but I'm like I ain't got time for whatever this song is, whatever. <laughs> but to define what it means to have an album with no skips is what you're saying. The concert is going to be the album with no skips. Mm-hmm. Now you know. Uh, would Michael Jackson be able to just tour off a of Thriller? I, I don't know. Maybe because he was that dude. And let's talk about that real quick. I don't know if you saw. We we're gonna get to sports eventually. But <laughs> <laughs> but Billboard started this nonsense last week. Uh, Drake hit some milestone on <laughs> the Billboard charts, and these people said, "Is Drake bigger than Michael Jackson?" And I'm like, y'all got to stop letting these people, these t- these teenagers, on the internet. No, the answer is no. Yep. We haven't seen anything like Michael Jackson. Nothing. Period. Full stop. Because, my, I, like, I try to explain it to my girls, and it's really hard. I get it, but Michael was more than just album sales. Mm-hmm. Like. Dragonfly Jones on Twitter had the tweet that just summed up Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson had neo-Nazi dudes in Yugoslavia crying and passing out when he came out on the stage. Uh Full stop. When when you get the neo-Nazi skinhead dudes in the Ukraine and Yugoslavia to pass out and cry when all you do is walk out on stage that's a rap dude. Display any kind of emotion at that, all. That's, yeah. that's a wrap, dude. Yeah. Like that <laughs> when he would travel to these places, his security detail was the military. There's videos, you can see it. It ain't it ain't secret service. It ain't just, you know, he's got a couple of dudes. He's got the military around him. Michael Jackson was just on a different level than what we have seen ever. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's gonna be able to duplicate that again. Probably for good, but like Michael Jackson's, his videos used to debut in prime time on like eight different channels. <laughs> Yo, his his Super Bowl performance got more viewers than the game itself. So right, we know the Super Bowl has been the Super Bowl for a long time. So people that knew the Super Bowl was on was like, I'm not watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then Michael Jackson came on and they turned the channel. And Michael Jackson went off, and they turned the channel back. <laughs> Ratings spike, and then they dip back down. Fifty-two <laughs> percent of all Americans in 1993 watched Michael Jackson at the Super Bowl. 
Do you know how long it took us to get 50% vaccinated during a pandemic? <laughs> More Americans said, I'm going to watch Mike than said, I'm going to get this life-saving vaccine. That's Come right. on, man. Mike was just different. And it's okay. You know, it's okay to say he was different. And look, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum again. But Drake, uh, the billboard said he went four times platinum with some record. Do you want to know else who went four times platinum? Thriller. Do you know when Thriller went four times platinum? Two, between two, just between like 2011 and 2015, Thriller, a 30-year-old album, went four times platinum. <laughs> <laughs> What? Like, and, and just trying to explain to the young people, Michael Jackson was everywhere. Every TV show, every sitcom, from different strokes to whatever, had a Michael Jackson theme. Somebody had the jacket on. Yep. Everybody was trying to moonwalk. Yep, for, for sure. First lady, Nancy Reagan, tried on Michael Jackson's sunglasses and glove. <laughs> In the Rose Garden. <laughs> Drake ain't been in no Rose Garden. No. Nope. Like, like, I just... <laughs> I, you, the, the, when you look at the impact he had as far as music, the music video, celebrity culture, I'm old enough to remember all those tabloids. All they had to do was put Michael Jackson on the cover. Yeah. Jacko. And you were, yeah, Wacko yeah. Jacko. Like, yeah. And it did, and you'd be like, man, there's no way this is true, but but they did it. Like yeah. he ain't got the elephant man's bones. He didn't, but they put it out there. So Indeed. his impact, like, look, there's gonna be other great singers. Because I didn't realize till recently, Michael Jackson couldn't read music. Oh, I didn't know that either. He just kind of would hum melodies. That's how he wrote stuff. And I'm like, okay, to not be able to write music and write those songs, okay. So. You know, is he the best singer ever? Probably not. Best dancer? Eh, you know, maybe. You know, Hammer had some moves too. <laughs> you know, I would say as far as a mus- being musically gifted, Prince is my dude. Mm-hmm. But as far as being a celebrity and an entertainer, we ain't seen nobody like it. Yeah. Like, people can say, you know, toward the end, Michael was weird and all this kind of stuff and all the allegations. But there was a period of time you couldn't find anybody to say anything negative about Michael Jackson. Yeah. From uh, off the wall to to right when bad dropped, there wasn't anybody bigger. Just there just wasn't. Yeah. So I don't care what your numbers say about who got downloads and all this kind of stuff. I mean, and one last thing, I know I've been long with it. We ain't talked about no sports. When Michael Jackson died, it broke Twitter. Yo. Twitter broke. And you're like, mm-hmm. how can you break a social media? He broke it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so come on, man. Come on. Is Absolutely. is is Drake the, No, Drake ain't the, No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. And we like Drake, but no. We like I, Drake. I mean, I like him all right, but no. Mama no. B went to school with his uncle. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Cause she was like, and then she was like, Well, who's Drake? I'm like, no. So I See? played uh uh uh, you just call me on my cell phone. She's like, "Oh, he used to call the telephone. I know that song. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. She's like, but I know his uncle. But she didn't know Drake. And, and look, you ain't famous if old people don't know who you are. Exactly. If, no. if, if old people don't know your name or don't uh-huh. know it right, you're not famous. That's right. 
because people uh, Ramon B's generation wasn't asking who Michael Jackson was back in 1985. They wasn't asking. Everybody already knew. My parents went to a Jackson 5 concert in the 70s. I'm like, what? <laughs> they went to see a concert, the Jackson 5 at the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's, it's crazy when you find out stuff your parents did before you was bored. Yes. Now, I was I was talking to my mom about the Apollo or something. You know, every night they run the they show the episodes on Fox every now and then. Steve Harvey a host or whoever be hosting. And uh, I was like, you know about the Apollo and it's about to come on. And my mom's like, your mom, mom said, me and your daddy been there. We went and saw such and such such and such. I was like, what? Oh, y'all been, yeah, we know about the Apollo. We've been up there. And so, you know, she just shut me down. Like, Mama B shut you down from time to time. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know they went up there and, and been to the Apollo and Harlem and everything before I was born. And, you know, they, Mama had to school me on that. She had to let me know. <laughs> yeah so you know you, you see that then you realize there, there's and there's a generation under us obviously mm-hmm. as, as we approach uh mid 40s here you know i'm closer than you are but there's a generation that, that doesn't have a concept of things and this is the circle of life yep. as it goes you know uh but the, my only contention with the young people of today got me on my get off my lawn stuff my only contention was the stuff that we are talking about is easily quantifiable like you can google michael jackson and everything i've told you you can see for yourself that's right when i tell you how good jerry rice was you ain't got to just look at numbers there's like there's game footage out there right <laughs> like you don't have to tell people Emmett smith was pretty good like ah you know like you can go watch the super bowl i mean nope. Cowboys Super Bowl is a little grainy because <laughs> HD wasn't a thing. It's and, pre, you know, pre-HD. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think a couple of the Super Bowls was in black and white, but that's not the point is. The point is you can go and you can get this information. That's right. <laughs> you can get this information yourself. That's right. That's right. I got to backtrack, man. Congratulate a couple friends of the show for us. We wait for the sports guys to come on. You tweeted it out, and I saw you tweet it, but, you know, we we had, of course, Super Agent Lee Steinberg on. Yes. We also had Dana Falk, daughter of Super Agent David Falk, and you tweeted out, and we had her on because she has the Hungry Fan Twitter page, and she's got a whole line of, of you know, frozen food coming out that you tweeted out, so congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that was, you know, that was cool to see that, you know, she doing big things and uh, you uh, interacted with her and tweeted at her and of course she follows us and tweeted back. So congratulations to Dana on that. Hope that does well. And another friend of the show, we had her own. My fellow come to rescue him, Brandy with an eye. She would call in the KSR and, and have some some classic calls every now and then. Brandy Romines. We've seen the cake she's done for UK. She did the replica of the 2012 title. She's done UK campus cakes. You know, Ellen Calipari is on her Instagram, always liking stuff and commenting on stuff. A week from today, October 6th, she's on Netflix. The show is called Baking Impossible. She's on the yellow team and it is a cake baking competition. So I'm anxious to watch 
my friend Brandy on Netflix doing her thing baking. So excited for that too. So congratulations. Yeah, we are. That, you know that that's awesome. That's awesome because Brandy she can cook a cake, but woo when she gets when she gets fired up, I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. And she's always had that fire, man. She, you know, I mean, you, you hear the term, you know, it's a tomboy is this. She didn't take no mess, you know. If she, you know, you you said something that ticked her off, and you know she punched you in the arm jokingly, but it would hurt. Brent, she was tough. She was still a girl. She was still a lady, but you know she could still she could still hold her own. I think she played softball. She pitched, you know, but <laughs> she was just she was fiery, and that is still the case when she calls in. That was the case on the playground in second grade. Ain't nothing changed. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's good. Congrats to the friend uh, of the show. Uh, we, we gonna, we're gonna talk about the game. We're gonna wait for the the guys to come on. Oh, uh, either either way, we can we can kind of dabble into it a little bit, or and, and then hit the rest when they jump on, and and we'll probably bounce around when they get on too. You know how they kind of do like we do, bounce around and, and get random. So, yeah. but four and zero. On the season, two and zero in the SEC for the second time in my lifetime, you, you take it. You know, everybody is say, "Hey, we got to do something with ball security," because you know I'm as optimistic as anybody else. But when Josh Ali put it on the turf twice, okay, we got to we got to clean that up. Uh-huh. Like we know we've got to do better. But Kentucky has played two SEC opponents. And hasn't trailed in either one of those games. Like I, I'm no Corey Price, but I'm gonna go ahead and put on there. It's got to be rare. And so, yes, it was a little close, both uh, Missouri and South Carolina. But the defense came to play against South Carolina. The offense with those turnovers and miscues put the defense in some situation, short field, and the defense held. You know, and. For, for my money, hey, you don't. You just have to win the game. Like we can't do anything about style points or anything like that. We just have to win the game. Mm-hmm. And I got into it with a Tennessee fan. I think it was Tennessee. Uh, I responded to Mark's story talking about how you know, definitively, you can say Kentucky is third in the SEC East, firmly. The guy said firmly, blah, 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 blah. Look, man, seven of eight wins against Mizzou, seven of eight against South Carolina, seven of eight, I believe now, against Vandy. You know, hopefully eight of uh, eight and nine, but, you know, seven of eight. And then two and two against Tennessee over the last four, which by historical standards, after they won 40 games in a row, <laughs> splitting with Kentucky has got to feel like losing. Yeah. I mean, you're you're there in volley, and you tell me if I'm wrong. That that they kind of took, uh, it was death taxes and beating Kentucky at football. They just assumed that's the way it would always be, and now it's, you know, uh, two and two over the last four, and and obviously could have been better, you know, could have had yeah. a better record than that. Yeah. So, I don't think it's crazy to say, you know, Kentucky is third in the East. Because they, I was on with Dick Gabriel's show the other day, and he was asking about it. And the first game 
just kind of how they are. First game I covered and was in Neyland Stadium. Uh, it was Stoops' first or second year. They got destroyed. But their first possession, they drove down the field and was converting a few third downs. And, you know, you're supposed to be quiet in the press box and have that etiquette. And they, they, they completed an out route and, you know, picked up a third and seven to keep a drive going. And you could hear this old dude behind me. He said, that's too easy. Talking about Kentucky, convert. And I was like, whoa, holy. I was like, calm down, dude, to myself. I'm like, y'all are probably going to be all right today. But this Kentucky team is outmanned. And he was already getting ticked off that Kentucky was getting first downs. And, and he was already breaking press box protocol. That was too easy. They <laughs> he was up there fussing and grumbling and carrying on. But that carries over to the fans, too, because TV for years, they – they put it in ink every year when the schedule came out. They just know they're beating us in Vanderbilt. It's just, it's just assumed because we went from the time you and I were seven years old until we were thirty-four when Kentucky finally beat them in twenty eleven. So I, I, I was married and had a family. Had like <laughs> I had a four hundred one k. Like it, we went from my third grade, I believe, third grade year. To a 401k, it had yeah. to beat Tennessee. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. You know, that was just one of those things. Our the thing that I think kind of hurt was at for most of that, Navy had lost to Notre Dame longer. Like, yeah. you know, for for most of that streak, the Navy losing to Notre Dame streak was always over, and then Navy beat Notre Dame, and so then. It was, hey, Kentucky hasn't beaten Tennessee. And then there was like USC and Stanford, USC and like Oregon State or something. And then, oh, there's Kentucky and Florida. So then we had so we, we had the longest and like the second or third longest losing yeah. streak to one team. And so if Stoops hasn't done anything else, we've kind of got off the schneid there a little bit. Uh, so, and you know, look, fans are going to fan. And even some of our fans are like, well, you know, Missouri's this and South Carolina's that. Great. Fine. Whatever. A bunch of things could be true at the same time. We're second and we're two and oh in the SEC for the second time in my lifetime. And look, in Tennessee and Florida and Georgia have been up and down, up and down during that stretch as well. And we haven't been able to capitalize on it. Right? So I get it. You want to say, look, South Carolina's not great. Missouri's not great. Well, you know, you got to win those games. Yep. Right? And I would much rather talk about ball security after a win than ball security. Like, how did we lose to that South Carolina team? Yeah. Because under Stoops, we've lost some of those games. You're like, how, you know, how, okay, you lose to Georgia. No, no crime in that. Like, nobody faults Stoops and company for losing in 2018. You know, that de facto SEC East Championship game. Okay, Georgia's got the horses. You lose to Georgia. Okay. You know, you lose to Florida. Okay. Now, obviously, there were some Florida games where it's like, man, we probably <laughs> we probably would have liked to have won those. And yeah. We were in the game. Yep. But losing to Florida, okay, that's not too terrible. But you lose to Missouri – this Missouri, wow, that sets you back. You lose to South Carolina, okay. So you you win those games, right? You find a way to win. 
That being said, the next three games, Florida, uh, LSU, and Georgia, you know, you got to get one. You know, if you go two of one in the next three, oh, wow. Now Mm -hmm. we're rocking and rolling. Because that means you've beaten either, you know, Florida, LSU, or Georgia. Yeah. Which LSU is not LSU with Joey Joey Burrow, but still, if you can – because you've either taken on – Recent national champ LSU, <laughs> and you've even and you've knocked off one of those teams ahead of you in the SEC East. Yep. So, you know, I, I I feel they can beat Florida. I know that's hedging my bets. I think they will. So you beat Florida, you feel good about yourself. You beat LSU. Well, now that matchup with Georgia. Has some real game pressure. Yeah, I, but but I, now I know Georgia. Boy, they look good. Mm-hmm. They, I, I know they played uh, Vandy, you know, whatever. <laughs> but man, Georgia looks good, right? Yeah. But still, Georgia. You know, any given Sunday, any given Saturday, you go to Athens with a puncher's chance, right? If you can get in a situation where Rodriguez and Smoke are running the ball and you're running the ball effectively and you can get the ball to Wandale, you can get the ball to Joshua Lee, you can get uh, Keaton Upshaw in the seam, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I know Will Levis has looked not great the last couple of games, but he still made plays. Yo. We've got guys that can make plays now at different positions. They can't just key in on one thing. And to uh, your point about you know, the back and forth with the Tennessee fan about Kentucky being firmly third in the East. Uh, you had maybe the perception of, of other teams in the league. You, uh, I saw it on the Sea of Blue. Several different outlets had it. But Dan Mullen and, and Ty Grantham seemed to have more respect for Kentucky than, than they did Tennessee. There were, there were guys they rested for the Tennessee game, but they're getting back for the Kentucky game. And Grantham is quoted as saying that, you know, t- today, this week, we've got, you know, a, a real challenge, you know, not like last week. Like, so playing Tennessee, eh, you know, we can sit some guys and get some guys healthy. We'll we'll use it as a bye week for some of these cornerbacks that we're trying to get back that we're probably going to put on Wondell for most of the night. So the perception of, of Tennessee and Kentucky, at least in Florida's mind, Kentucky is more uh, of a of a stiffer challenge than Tennessee is. And, and if you're a Tennessee fan, that's got to hurt. Yeah, it, it's it's not so much okay. You're not winning national championships, but I you know I've said before repeatedly that to me, toward the end of the Tubby and the Billy Jr., it wasn't so much that we were bad. It's just that we were just a forgotten about aspect of things, and that hurts. Yo. And that's the pain they're feeling. We are joined by our second guest, friends of the show, been on with us before. They just finished their show. They are teachers. They are coaches. They are singers. They are pickers. And they are radio hosts on 99.1 The Hoss in Edmonton, Kentucky. We're talking about Coach Hurt and Stock Tony, the KY Sports guys. What's up, fellas? How you doing, guys? How's it going? We're, we're doing good. Thank you all for joining us. 
Absolutely. Hey, excited. Can you hear us okay? Yeah. Yeah, we're good. All right. Yeah. Got you loud and clear. Doing a little bit different on Anchor. We we did have the, the calls when we're on Block Talk. You know, had to opt to maybe save a little nickel or dime here and there. And so we're on Anchor now and still able to get y'all on and still able to have fun conversation. So how was y'all show this evening? Uh-oh, we just lost him. Oh, He'll be back. there we go. <laughs> Technology is being technical. <laughs> we'll definitely get Coach Hurt and, and my thought Tony back. Hey, you guys back? For a second, and you were saying such good things about us. Yeah, man, you know, your your, your pickers and, and uh, English teachers and coaches and yeah. doing a great show on your own on 99.1. We always appreciate having y'all on, man. Sure do. Sorry about the little technical connection, but uh, appreciate no, you fighting for that's it. That's the world we live in, and we appreciate you all having us, and uh, you all do a great show as well, and uh, have enjoyed following you all on Twitter, especially uh, for all these many years, so it's great to be back on. We appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. Always glad to have you. We were we were talking, a, we, we kind of do like you guys, you know, we, we'll get random a little bit, and then get to talking about music or food or something like that and then we we round back into sports and we we were just talking about how uh in dan mullen and and todd grantham's mind kentucky is a a a tougher challenge in tennessee because florida arrested a lot of guys last week and they're bringing them to play against the cats and Todd Grantham was quoted as saying, you know, we really got a challenge, you know, a tough offense to face, unlike last week. And, and we were talking about how painful it's got to be for, for Big Orange Nation, for Vol Country. <laughs> I did see that uh, Mullen didn't know Wondell Robinson's name. Uh, before, when we were in queue, though, I heard you talking about Tubby Smith and then some guy, I don't recognize that name, the other guy. I can't, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were talking about it on our show. Coach Hurt really thinks that, uh, that that the line's too high, that the Cats are going to really show up Saturday. I, I, I tend to agree with him. It's a tough four-game stretch, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do against these opponents and seeing if they're quite as good as we think they are. Well, And to add to that, guys, anytime we can bring pain to the uh, big orange group, I'm all about that. I grew up down there uh, on the Tennessee line. So did the Stock Tony. I know, Vinny, that's uh, – that's your neck of the woods, too. Anytime Tennessee can feel miserable, I'm for it. And, and also, yesterday, uh, we got a new new uh, assistant principal here at our high school, and he was really dressed nicely, but he's wearing an orange tie. <laughs> oh, <no>. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I out on it. And then he told me today, he's dressed all blue today. I don't know if that was an accident or not. And, uh, <laughs> he told me today that his father-in-law, as soon as he got – uh, home and his father in law was there and saw it, said the same exact thing. So I think uh, we're in good company there. That's right. That's right. Then the thing about it, you know, we as Kentucky fans have, have seen that Kentucky hasn't played, a, you know, a complete game, you know, has some turnover issues every week. And uh, that's kind of kept them from blowing some teams out. But we're optimistic they can fix it. Down here in Tennessee, they're, they're saying the same thing, this optimism about we're close. If we can just connect on the deep ball, if we can do this or we can do that, it's it's like everybody's kind of feeling the same way right now early on, but it's a lot better to be optimistic about 
your ceiling at four and zero than you are at Tennessee when you've already lost to Pittsburgh and Florida and and maybe it's hypo and they're still kind of on the honeymoon phase, but they're they're trying to trying to be optimistic. And I don't I don't really think it's legit optimism, but they're they're kind of talking themselves into thinking, well, you know, Kentucky's struggling with Chattanooga, and that's that's what they're saying down here, you know. And if we can just connect on some deep balls. We'll be fine, and Kentucky hasn't looked that great, and that's they're kind of trying to work themselves into some positivity down here. Hmm. You know, you talk about uh, old Kentucky coaches. You're talking about Tubby, but I believe it was Jerry Claiborne that used to call that the old ifing game, and that's, uh, that's <laughs> about three and nine as well. If we'd have hit this and if we'd have hit that, look, uh, Tennessee's not good. Pitt's not good. Uh, it's going to take years for Tennessee to recover from what they've been doing, and and I'm guessing when we came on, you all were making the point that, that I think seems fairly uh, clear, and that's that Tennessee, the glory days of that football program, I think are well in the past. And obviously, uh, Kentucky, and I, I believe it was it was TB that was arguing this on Twitter this week, Kentucky has passed Tennessee in the pecking order in the East. That seems clear. Yeah, you know, I, I know because, you know, when I got a little bit of time on my hands, but this person, a Tennessee fan, was saying, that it was ridiculous that my assertion that Kentucky is third in the East, uh-huh. well, that that's ridiculous. I'm like, okay, they've won <laughs> seven of eight against South Carolina, Missouri, and Vandy, and two and two against Tennessee, which for that rivalry is is a big deal. Yeah. So other than Florida and Georgia, they're better than everybody else. So by yeah. default, that 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 makes them that makes them third. And what you're saying about ifs, my dad's rule was this. If you are making your statement that you're going to do X or whatever it is, and you get to two if statements, it's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> if I was six foot ten, uh, yeah. if I could shoot the basketball, then I could play for Kentucky. Well, uh, that's a lot of ifs. Yeah. <laughs> if your plan has yeah. two or more ifs, it, it, it's not going to work. Two you positives making two negatives make a positive, but two ifs don't make a make it right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> you, you're telling me down there in, in, in Tennessee, they're they're pulling into the hype old hype. At, I, you know, they go through this cycle every couple of years. You know, they, they bought into Dooley, they bought into Butch Jones, they bought into Jeremy Pruitt, and now Hypel's here, and you know, it's supposed to be this fast-paced offense that can put up a lot of points. And they, the, the, you know, if we hit some deep balls and this and that, well, you you got up on Pittsburgh thirteen to nothing, and you know blocked a punt. Pittsburgh gave you a special teams touchdown, and you weren't able to hold a lead. You're up thirteen nothing, you get outscored 41-21 the rest of the way. They're not they're not acknowledging that. What what, mm-hmm. what happened? What about that part of of the yeah. game? Well, <laughs> here's the part I'm amazed by. Let's put ourselves in a time machine, go back ten or fifteen or twenty years, and um, Imagine we're having this conversation, but the roles have been so reversed. We're, we're now Kentucky people are talking, look how Tennessee's buying into hype of new coaches after new coach. We let high and Soups have his time, and now he's building something. It's just such an amazing sort of flip flop of the two programs, as Coach Hurts mentioned. Yeah, the thing about Stoops was he wasn't a sexy hire, mm-hmm. right? Everybody yeah. had. You know, whoever it was going to be, Bobby Petrino, whoever. <laughs> Stoops wasn't a sexy hire, but I've always countered folks was he was the smart hire. Mm-hmm. Because you look at the landscape, and if you're Kentucky, you got to find somebody that's going to be consistent, right? You can't 
do like Tennessee's done and every two or three years start over. Right. You know, because Kentucky had done that from Guy Morris to mm-hmm. Joker to, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, not to rehash all that. Sure. But you had to get somebody who's going to be here a long time, which I think Stoops is here for the long time. Mm-hmm. And, and to build a program slowly, you know, my theory is if you go from two wins to 10 wins in one season, the NCAA shows up relatively quickly. Yes, sir. Yeah. But but if you grind it out and you go from two to five to seven to eight to ten, that that's build that foundation where you might have a season where you drop back to five or six wins, but you're also setting yourself up to get that ten or eleven win season, right? So it's all about consistency from the Kentucky side versus whatever is going down in Vol Country. Yeah, and I think you go back, I hope that I will be one of many to admit that I was wrong. Uh, I've been a Kentucky fan, probably like you guys, for a long, long time, and all the way back to Claiborne and and so forth. And I thought, in my mind, it has to be a Hal Mummy type. It has to be a Mike Leach. It has to be some uh, crazy scheme, a hypo for Tennessee. It has to be Kentucky can never go north and recruit. They can't go here and recruit. They just can't do it in a traditional smash mouth kind of way. And boy, was I wrong, because uh, that's what Mark Stoops has, has done. But it takes time, as you say, and credit the Kentucky administration for hanging in there because they could kind of see where this thing was going. Yeah. And they gave him the tools to succeed, the upgrades, the, you know, increase in what we're paying staff members, you know, deciding that big Vince, hey, he's just as important as Stoops is to this thing. Mm-hmm. We got to keep this dude around. So yep. there's more buy-in from the administration. And if you're a Kentucky fan, like we are, it's good to see. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what they needed to have happen, no doubt about it. I have a quick question for you guys who are talking uh, how bad Tennessee is, which I love as a topic. I could do this. <laughs> when you go back and you look through those coaches, and, and Heifel may work. I actually kind of like Heifel. We'll see. I, I didn't prove it right off the bat. I thought no. Butch Jones, I thought no. Which of those guys, Dooley, I thought no. Which of those guys to you was the most immediate, visceral, like, uh, there's no way this is going to succeed? Oh, wow. Probably, <laughs> for me, Dooley. Yeah, and the the thing about Tennessee is you look because uh, I'm, I'm sure you're all aware I'm heading toward Iowa. Oh yeah, Iowa. So Nebraska is their Tennessee. <laughs> it, they have a big battle of corn, the Corn Huskers and Iowa Corn. I won't get into all that, but it's the same kind of thing where you know when we were in our 20s, Nebraska football, Tennessee football, you know they combined for like th- four championships in a six year period. Yeah. Like, that was the stuff. Well, and I want to get your thoughts on this real quick. My theory is you can have one bad hire mm-hmm. if you have a, a athletic program at the college level. One bad hire, everybody gets that one mulligan. If you get two, now you've stopped momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, because recruits look other places, right? You've, you've kind of lost your, your, your donor support. They go cold, and now you're playing catch-up. Because mm-hmm. you look at Nebraska, they said Frank Solich, you got to go after nine and three. <laughs> and they haven't had less than four losses in the season since. You know, Tennessee decided, you know, Phil Fulmer moved on, and I don't know who came in after him. But they. Lane they just, Train. Was that, was that Lane? Yeah. It was. 
So, you know, uh-huh. you, you, you go there, you misfire, and then you go Dooley, Pruitt, Butch Jones, and now it's just a quagmire because you, if you give every one of those coaches two or three years, now you're 20 years past people remember you being good. Yeah. For, for me, though, you guys asked which hire is maybe the more the more dubious one. Sure. I, I think I go because it was it was Kiffin. Yeah, and I, I go Butch Jones because the whole Derek Dooley era, the complaint was he never had a signature win. He, he almost won a bowl game. They almost beat LSU. I think mm-hmm. they played North Carolina and they had like 13 men on the field and that cost them a chance to kick a field goal or something. He never had a signature win he can hang his hat on ever. And so when you get and you get rid of Dooley and you bring in Bush Jones, who's at Cincinnati, if Dooley, had, if you're going to give him a signature win, he beat Cincinnati when Butch Jones was there. And I said, you're going to hire the guy that Dooley beat by three touchdowns to succeed Dooley? I laughed and laughed. I cracked. I was down here just laughing in their face. I said, why are you going to bring in the guy that Dooley beat to replace Dooley? Didn't really. So I, I go Butch Jones. That's that's a solid choice. They were all bad, and they seemed bad <laughs> from the start. And uh, uh, TB, I've got to ask this. Your, your Iowa band, congrats, man, on all the – the personal success and, and all the stuff going on in your life. That's awesome. Uh, but how did you decide as you're going out there, you're going to be a Hawkeyes guy, right? Well, uh, my wife-to-be, she's a Des Moines, oh. Iowa resident. I got uh, you. Got you. And so when I'm when we you know I moved to Iowa, I said, okay, I don't have a dog in this fight. Are we a Hawkeye family or a Cyclone family? Uh-huh. And she looked me right in my eyes and said, oh, we're Hawkeyes. I said, cool, cool. That's all you got to say, baby. So when, when you see me with my Iowa stuff on, uh-huh. I was told by the missus, right. we are a Hawkeye family. You're off to a great start then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said, I got to get me an Iowa shirt. Let, uh-huh. me, get some, let me get a hat or two. Uh, the best thing about this season, our wedding on October 23rd, Iowa and Kentucky both have uh, a bye week, so oh, that's a we, we've been blessed. <laughs> Solid. Solid choice. Love yeah. the colors. I mean, you got to love the yeah. you know, the black and the yellow. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of great start, congratulations 18 years later after your start, Coach Hurt, on your anniversary with, with Mrs. Hurt. Thank you so much, <laughs> man. It's uh, – it's it's been a blessing. We've done well. We've had a we've had a great run of things, and hopefully we can get a few more. But thank you for bringing that up. And uh, she is uh, she is the one carrying me to the goal line. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> I, I gotta ask though, because both of y'all are coaches, uh-huh. and you were a basketball coach for a long time. She was a coach. She played for I think uh-huh. Carroll County, right? She played for Carroll County, and I saw you you had a picture of her from her high school days and, and she was going against UK's current women's coach Kyra Elsey at Oldham County and she was blowing right past her man yeah about to break <laughs> her ankles and and I've heard you kind of be self-deprecating about <laughs> your game as uh-huh. a player so my question is is did did Mrs. Hurt just get buckets on you anytime she wanted to when you guys played one-on-one 100% oh yeah <laughs> I couldn't beat her for sure <laughs> See, and, and my problem is I was a, I was a defender, you know. I was that role player guy. So, one-on-one, I can't put the ball in the basket. She just buries me. <laughs> and that's not self-deprecating. Yeah. I was not very good. 
<laughs> the theme of our show carries sort of into uh, into your guys' show because we start our show talking about ping pong. Coach Hurt talks about the, <laughs> the right. games, uh, the, the tough games they played, the sweat that he had playing ping pong against Coach Dina Hurt. And then we end it, no spoilers, but uh, he has to make a decision uh, to cast off an idea of hers or to cast off something else that I know he likes too. And I put him in that spot so he can thank me to be a, for being a good teammate. Much like Terry, I made the right call. I went with my wife on it, and uh, who's the winner? <laughs> I, 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 I figured that out easy, man. <laughs> I, you know, I, he didn't get far for nothing. I didn't get through 18 years. Yeah. Exactly. I, I've got it <laughs> a little bit. That's it. You know, we don't. I always talk about the same thing, but there's a few random topics that we'll both hit on every week that are similar and, and we hit them in our, in our various different ways. But it's, it's and and maybe it's because, you know, we're all we're all in the, the 40th age bracket. And I will say that I'm the youngest of us four. So, I mean, that is what it is. But, <laughs> oh, Tell who the oldest is, I'm afraid it's me. <laughs> but it's fun to kind of hear what, what topics we hit on that are the it is going to Kentucky football. You know, we've all seen our share of of good. Been tweeting about being at that four overtime Tennessee game. We've seen so many losses in Tennessee, and you know the the LSU game where they dumped water on Guy Morris. All that. The way the Lions lost Sunday, how how how's that for a kick in the gut? It's again amazing you bring that up because uh, I said today. At being a Kentucky fan, and I've been for horrible teams my whole life. I'm a Pirates fan. They're horrible. I, I've been a 76ers fan. Uh, at times, they were horrible. And so, you get to UK football. It's It's been tough. But is there a more cursed group than the Lions? <laughs> no. They've had the losses. But not only that, they've had you know, what a top five running back. Yeah. I would say top two, personally. Sure. A top five wide receiver. Yeah. Just say, I don't want to do this anymore. Just quit on him. Like, yeah, I can still play, but I'm out. Like, but I, but I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to do this with you. Like, yeah. that's, to me, more than anything else, more than the losses, yeah. Yeah. it's just you've got two two great players just say, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I, I don't want to do this it's, anymore. It's, it's right. not me, it's you. It, it right. Like, <laughs> you know, because Barry Sanders was just a couple of years away from his 2,000-yard season. It was just like, yeah, I'm good. Like, if you look at the all-time rushing, like, he could have got it if he played, like, another 16 games. Oh, yeah. He could have broken the record. And Detroit would have been blah, 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 blah. But he was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. <he's> good. <laughs> what Calvin Johnson did for me is set off years and years of me drafting him in late in fantasy drafts just in the hopes he would come back, and he never did. <laughs> just to get uh, – how bad I am. So you're the lines yeah, of fantasy. I'm the lines of fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> but to, to, to lose that game like they did, I mean, that's just it hit the upright, and you get all those camera angles of the fans cheering, and then realizing it goes in. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't like to enjoy other people's misery, but that was funny. That, that was, was funny. funny. And, yeah. And Dan Campbell says that they're going to bite off kneecaps. One would wonder why they didn't go after Justin Tucker's <laughs> kneecaps to bite first. If that was. <laughs> I think he kicked 66 yards with the oh, yeah. Sands kneecaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coach, you mentioned that you were a Sixers fan. Our first guest, we have Michael Tillery on. He's 
uh, from Philadelphia, and he, he covers the NBA. He's written for the New York Times and all kinds of outlets, and it's always fun when we have him on. But we, of course, brought him on to talk about the Ben Simmons stuff. But mm, yeah. being Kentucky fans, we also got his thoughts on Tyrese Maxey. And mm-hmm. you will love that he says that he said, I don't want to be hyper, you know, I don't want this to be hyperbole, but Tyrese Maxey, in his opinion, can be the next Andrew Tony. He said it. Wow. Oh, that's high praise for me. I, if you follow me at all, you know how much I love those 83. Uh, 84 era, 82 era Sixers teams. And and I think Andrew Tony is one of the great players nobody talks about. So, yeah. Yeah, that's high praise. Yep. So, I knew once the second it came out of his mouth, I said, I can't wait to tell Coach Hurt. Yeah, because he talked about Tyrese Maxey. What we saw his first game against Michigan State is what they saw against uh, Atlanta in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The moment's not too big for the kid. Right. Like, he's just if I miss, I miss, but I'm going to go out and make plays, and the Philadelphia folks love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, again, high praise, and I hope that's the case. And, and it's so nice, isn't it, to be able to, any team you want to root for, there's a cat or two yeah. or five uh, on those teams, and so it's going to be fun to watch his career develop. You know, going back to football, too, you, now we're watching the NFL, and you see Mike Edwards with two pick sixes. He's the defensive player of the week, and they're talking about Quentin Bohanna for uh, uh, Vinny's Cowboys. Like, it's becoming a thing, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Like, come to Kentucky, and you can still get to the league. That's a, that's, that's a huge selling point versus where it was way back in the day. And, and that's the beauty of it, and I think it's what maybe the biggest – compliment we can give coach stoops he's not only winning but he's making it cool to to be a part of uk as a football program obviously basketball has always been cool but to come here and be a football player the the uniforms are, are snazzy and i just use the word snazzy you how did. old am i you're pretty <laughs> <laughs> uniforms, you've got a chance to go somewhere you're getting national attention the nil stuff's coming in we're seeing levis wandale I think the whole defense, I tweeted Saturday night, the whole defense should get an NIL deal because oh, yeah. they saved us in that game. Uh, it's great to be a Cats fan, but it's also great to be an alumni. It's great to come there because you know you got a chance to to go on. Will Will the Stock Tony use the word nifty before we're done tonight, Coach? <laughs> I'll try I, not to. I hope so. <laughs> be disappointed. whippersnappers shenanigans but the thing was we we all understood the reference (laughs) we were right with him (laughs) he used it but we were all like okay that that works (laughs) that that tracks (laughs) what is that like it sounds like a bedazzled (laughs) (laughs) that's it that's exactly right Cause it's so it's so funny listening to y'all because uh, he cracks you up, coach. Because he's he's always got the pun, he's always got the one liner, and like always, you can snap your finger and he's coming with it. And it's, it's I mean you just you're full of them, stop Tony. You're full of them. <laughs> no doubt. No, yeah, he's pretty he's pretty nifty. This guy, <laughs> <laughs> pretty quick on his feet there. I tell you. <laughs> So yeah, man. Um, y'all got any gigs lined up? I know you because you know y'all are big music guys. Y'all perform and play. Yeah, you know, uh, 
we've got something this Saturday. Uh, we're playing the Marabone Community Festival. We're, we're the five to seven slot. And so, uh, you know, we got something on the 16th in Albany. And, uh, you know, we just have a big f- uh, time with it. And it's it's fun, too. And I think it's one of the connections there. Uh, it's just that love of music. And you, you nailed it. Coming from similar eras, I think it's fun kind of tossing that stuff around. But, yeah, we, we've got a few places to play. That is awesome, man. You, you know, they can, you guys are on Spotify. You can type in the Hornets Nest Pickers on Spotify, and there y'all are with the songs on there. So just, you know, look, big time, man. Just just big time stuff y'all are doing. Performing at Louisville, too, was at the, the were you rather at the Gold House a few weeks ago? Yeah, sure. We've been at the Gold House a couple of times. We've been at the, what was the other one? We got to go sports. to Nashville. Down, we yeah. got to go to Louisville in the, uh, the, uh, the sports and social down club. Down Street, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then down in Nashville on Broadway at um, Honky Tonk Central, we got to play there once. Yeah. Yeah, just good stuff, man. Which, so anybody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it last week, and I'll, I'll go ahead and ask y'all too, because um, Anthony Davis got married, and you know he sung at the wedding, and so I was I couldn't wait to ask TB, are you gonna you gonna sing at your wedding? Because you know Anthony Davis did it. We we had one Dale Robinson on last week and asked him, when you get married, are you gonna sing at your wedding? He said he would. He already had his song picked out, had a Brian McKnight song he was gonna not sing. Not one Dale, not one Dale, wrong Robinson. Oh, Devontae. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my bad. Yeah, we had Devontae on. He had his song picked out. <laughs> so, Coach, did you sing at your wedding 18 years ago? I actually have a story about that. I did not sing at the wedding. Well, okay. And you're a singer. Well, now, hold on. Here's here's what happened, though. I, I, I guess it's yes and no. So we had the reception, and the reception went off without a hitch. We had a big crowd there, whatever. And eventually, somebody did get my guitar out, and we sat around singing tunes or whatever. But it wasn't. It wasn't nearly as romantic as what Anthony Davis was able to put together. Okay. Guys, Coach Hurd, I think I can probably speak for him. Usually when the guitar gets broken out at any time, it's it's a sigh and maybe an eye roll from the significant other. He's like, come not, on, man. We're, it's we're, no... No, yeah. no, Brian McKnight stuff. No, happening. she's like, come on, we're supposed to be getting out of here and going on a honeymoon, yeah. and now here you are sitting around singing ridiculous. <laughs> man, so no, no serenading, no planned. But what about Terry? What's what's the? Yeah, what's the what's the verdict? Oh, I, I'm I'm not going to 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 sing. I'm going to kind of play it low key now. Uh, I. I now I may grab the microphone at some point. Like I'm not planning to sing. That doesn't mean I'm not going to sing. So we'll we'll definitely see how see how it goes. Does Does she like to hear you sing? Oh no 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 not at all not at all. She reminds me that yes my dad's name was James Brown but it was not that James Brown. So <laughs> very very you know we're very clear about that. Uh, absolutely. So in, a, in addition, I forgot to mention for those that don't know, y'all also do play-by-play in addition to everything else. So who do the Hornets have this week, and what game will y'all be be calling, and where will y'all be? Yeah, we we actually uh, play tomorrow night because of fall break kind of hitting and other things. So we're at Monroe County, which is a traditional rival. They uh, they have handled us very similar to Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, for a long time, but it's very similar because. Uh, We beat them last Mm -hmm. year. We're the better team this year. We anticipate uh, being able to win tomorrow night. We've kind of turned things around. 
a little bit on. But I, I want to tell you, I don't know if either of you have gotten into the play-by-play color commentary deal, but you should try it. Uh, if you haven't, and if you have and I've missed it, I'd love to hear you. Uh, but, man, it's one of the most fun things we do. Wow. I have not. Oh. And, and if the two of you did, who do you think? Who's the play-by-play guy and who's the, the color analyst? Oh, Lord. Oh, it, it, probably the way we do things here. Vinny is the color is the play-by-play guy because okay. he's kind of the moderator. I'm just the I'm the John Madden. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm make a point, <laughs> but if you can make a point in two words, I'm gonna use ten. <laughs> so yeah, football. So, yeah, so I, that that's how we do it. We're like uh, Pat Summerall and John Madden that way. <laughs> As we date ourselves again. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, but no, again, that's the guys. Those are the guys I think of. I like, uh, what was it, uh, Dick Enberg and uh, Marlon Olsen. Olsen as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 They were Oh, we do. Uh, football, Coach Hurt does play-by-play. I do color. And then in basketball, it's kind of interesting because when we started this, Coach Hurt was coaching. So I had Gen Z Gunner sit in with me. I did play-by-play. And Gen Z Gunner would do color. And then Coach Hurt... And I keep talking, I, every time I talk about it, how amazing it was he could leave coaching and come up and do play-by-play for boys, and I would do color for boys. And then when he stopped coaching and came to the girls' game as well, we just kept it as is. So in basketball, we flipped roles for the boys' game. Mm, okay. And it's a bit, it's a different. <laughs> is it the tune-in it's, app yeah. where we can get the – the host for your for your games on Friday is that where everybody can do that? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, what the TuneIn app and uh, yeah, the TuneIn app. I'll give you a better one though. When it's a home game, and not this week, you'd have to do the radio. But when it's a home game, uh, and if you just want to go make fun a little bit, because we're we're not professionals, but uh, on YouTube we have something called the Hornet News Network. Oh, and uh, we do the live streaming. And it actually we've got great HD. The, yeah, the picture is. Uh, phenomenal, and then we we simulcast the radio broadcast through there. So, when we're at home, if you want to watch and listen, uh, you can do that. The Hornets News Network, and Network. as TB as TB said earlier, my my Cowboys Super Bowls were pre HD, so he was taking his little shot at, at that. So, uh, you guys are in in picturesque, pristine HD at, for the broadcast. So that's good to know, also. <laughs> And luckily, they never actually shoot us. It's just the game, so thank God. to be on screen. We just we just lend our voices. That's it. That'll work. That'll work. Good stuff, y'all. Um, I got to get my my fantasy team ready. I'm in the league with you guys, so I gotta gotta check that and see how I did and regroup for this coming weekend. But uh, appreciate that- y'all putting me in there and, and the auto draft deal. It's always fun. DJ Marcy called in on our show just to make fun of me. She beat me this week, and uh, <laughs> she's got Coach Hart in her sights for this week. So she's she's on a, a roll, kind of a steamrolling the league right now. Got that momentum. It's I'm and I always start slow, and sometimes I'll get hot in the middle of the season, and sometimes I don't. But it always takes me a little bit of time to, if I'm gonna do anything, it takes two or three weeks to kind of get my bearings or whatever. But and sometimes it just doesn't happen. I'm in a bit of fantasy trouble in, in my in my big league, and uh, we talked about that on the show too. Zero and three, the only team at ten, among ten who's not won a game yet. I'm not, it's not looking good. You're the you're the Florida State of your your league. 
that's a that's another program that has fallen off and falling some hard times. Kentucky's four and zero, and Florida State's zero and four. Look at look at that. A world where that was the case. <laughs> Absolutely, fellas, man, we. Thank y'all so much for you know, doing your own show and then coming over, staying over in the station to hop on and chat with us. I always appreciate it. I always like listening to y'all on the podcast and appreciate everything y'all are doing. And I'm gonna have to check you out on the on the YouTube channel for the next home game for sure. Please do that, and uh, thank you all for having us. And like I said, congrats to both of y'all on, on so much success going on, and uh, definitely two of our favorite. Twitter follows, no doubt about it. Likewise, thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Uh, Good luck uh, on the wedding coming up there. Oh, yeah. Well, the good thing is we're we're done. It's small. It's the second time around for both of us, so it's it's very low-key. We're not doing all the extra stuff uh, (laughs) that you do with the first one, so it's kind of, it's, I I don't want to say it's bare bones, but it's, it's nice. (laughs) <laughs> all right guys i hey, appreciate it thanks, hey guys. y'all take care thanks a lot for coming on stop tony and coach hurt ky sports guys friends of the show for a long time just that little community of kentuckians out here doing the same thing in and around work family everyday life taste buds the sports guys ourselves um, girls beer sports you know uh, Jay Hayes and JD all of us out here doing the same thing always fun to see what each other's tweeting about and have each other on each other's shows and met out in these Twitter streets and always fun to catch up yeah uh, absolutely uh, good uh, great great folks we got a little community here uh, I think you know the joke is there's a lot of and a lot of people got radio shows and podcasts, and that's true. Uh, but the thing is, everybody does a little something different, and uh, it's there's there's no harm in supporting each other. So definitely glad to have those guys on. Yeah, and here in a minute, you and I are going to be on a a little quick podcast. It's called Brick City Boys on Twitter at brick underscore city underscore boys. They're doing a basketball preview podcast, recording several episodes, and they wanted to have us on to talk for uh, about Kentucky for about five or ten minutes. They just sent the Zoom link to the the Cats Boys, the Cats Talk Wednesday account. Uh, so we'll be on there once we finish up here and we'll be able to talk a little UK hoops. Uh, always fun when folks ask you to be on their stuff, and we appreciate everybody that gracious enough to come on when, when we reach out to them. Absolutely. We're all in the same game. To another dated reference of sorts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but you know, I I understand it. That is, um, you know, time flies like we always we do kind of get nostalgic. Like you kept saying last week, don't need to get nostalgic. Don't need to get nostalgic. But it's sometimes you just can't help but <laughs> get a little nostalgic depending on whatever the the topic is we're talking about the kids got all their sayings that you know like you said uh, well I can't even think of one now so that would that never mind <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah yeah about my, my 15 year old will come out with something and I'll say I don't I know it's an English word <laughs> that you're saying 
but uh, I'm not sure the context uh, of what you're using. So yeah. it's a little bit of a learning experience. Yeah, that's for sure. So, uh, and, you know, we were there just a few years ago doing the same thing to our parents, and now, you know, the tables are turned, and, you know, they, they didn't. Forget what they're talking about. How quickly those decades fly by. Absolutely. <laughs> well, man, we had a blast. Appreciate you, TV, each and every week uh, doing your thing. And and congratulations, you, you sent me the text. I, I about <laughs> faded out. I missed the spaces because I, you know, going to work a little early, kind of like JD. Uh, so I, I planned on jumping on and then just kind of faded out and crashed out. Uh, same thing with your text about uh, Kate's baseball account getting some love again and just how popular that is. And between the both of y'all, uh, it's, it's just unbelievable what y'all are doing on the on the Twitter sphere. You know, her baseball account getting massive followers, you going viral every five minutes. <laughs> uh, you, you say the wedding's gonna be low key, but what I know is that Jake Tapper and George Wallace are gonna probably be groomed at the wedding. That's what I'm. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> you know it's, the thing is, people keep saying that. And I'm like, man, it's really, it's really gonna be, you know, kind of low key here, because uh, people have asked, are we gonna live stream it? And I say, uh, no, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, that, uh, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to see that. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but you know, because we had Kate and Randall on talking about uh, their MLBCC, and they're up to twenty-one thousand followers, and they even got a shout out from the uh, Chicago White Sox play-by-play guy. Gave them a shout out, so uh, they're they're doing well with that. Uh, yeah. Just you know, for right over a year, it was August of last year, so they've been they've been motoring uh, pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations, and it's always fun to to see that. Just just how how off base it really gets. It's really cool that they uh, kind of saw that and, and saw that uh saw that niche to kind of jump in there and do that, man. And and everybody loves it, and it's it's just taking off. Yeah, yeah. So she's so she's she's doing fantastic. Uh, her and Randall really really doing good with that. Now, will she watch the MLB playoffs with the Cubs not in it? Will she will she kind of still see what the Cardinals or the Brewers or the or the Yankees are going to do, or will she just kind of check out? So until spring training. With the Cubs? Uh, oh, I mean, she when when the Cubs got rid of everybody. Within 24 hours, when they got rid of uh, Baez and uh, Bryant and Anthony Rizzo, she kind of checked out. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talk about some fans that, uh, oh, you can't check out. Well, baseball kind of forces you because if you get rid of all your players at the trade deadline, that's still two months. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, a, that's a big ask. Uh-huh. You know that that that's a that's a big ask uh, uh, for people to do that. Uh, so uh, she still watches ba- basically to to generate content for uh, for the for the uh, not for the site but for the account as it were. So right. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, she's like, the Cubs can't hurt me. I'm done. So she's moved on. Yeah. And, and, and going that route. But uh, I tell you, NL Central heat is just like uh, NFC East heat. Everybody hates everybody. <laughs> and it's fantastic. I love it, man. <laughs> I love it. I still think you should be. Look, you're already an Iowa fan. Like I tweeted it, y'all. I think you should just be the Cardinals fan just to, you know, just to, just to have that little tension when it comes to the diamond. Oh, no, no. I mean, <laughs> look, uh, I, I, I would have probably ventured toward the Cardinals because the Cardinals uh, give it to the Reds. And the Reds are my least favorite fans, least oh, okay. favorite team. Uh-huh. Uh, because young TB checked the landscape. Even though the Cincinnati Rams won the World Series in 1990, I checked the landscape. Was like, yeah, I don't want to get involved in that. We had a blast on this one. Everybody, check us out next week, and check us out on this Brick City Boys podcast here in just a minute. And, and check that out too as well. Uh, have a safe week. Uh, everything continues to go smooth between now and wedding day and appreciate you hopping on appreciate michael tillery stock tony and coach hurt ky sports guys for hopping on making this another fun episode of cash talk wednesday we'll see everybody next time y'all take care stay safe and root the cats on against absolutely